In kindness always is a way of being, growing and evolving. Your words, actions and contribution are your global heart print, your legacy. Welcome to the In Kindness Always podcast. I'm Amanda Mackay, sound healer and kindness advocate. This is where we create conversations, spark ideas and explore your emotional evolution. Welcome to the latest podcast of In Kindness Always. Over the next four weeks, I'm having conscious conversations about money with money coach Laura McDonald. Now, when we were offline talking, it was so great that I pressed record and you'll find that it's like you've just come in on a conversation with some friends, maybe having coffee, and they've you've just heard what they've started talking about so this is um, going to be a little bit different than normal and because at the moment we can't get into the studio the recording may sound a little different to usual but um, I think you're going to really enjoy Laura's insights her story um, and you can always check out her website it's a safe place to uh, explore money she's very gentle with what she does realistic and has a really fantastic attitude uh, towards creating abundance so enjoy Yeah, and if I, you know, if I didn't have to go into work, um, I could just spend my days doing what I wanted to do and I wouldn't have to be around all these people if I didn't want to be around all these people. So I kind of thought that money could insulate me from being around large groups of people, which is kind of the definition of some of these, a lot of these work environments. Being an introvert, I, t- I just, I didn't really thrive in those environments. So I had other reasons as to why I did what I was did, but that was that was one of them. It's like, what if I just don't want to hang with this amount of people every day? I just kind of just want to be by myself. But, I, you know, so if I've got the money, if I've got enough money that I don't have to come into here every day, I might be able to drop back to part-time or perhaps maybe not at all. Because I'm, you know, I, I don't have to. I don't need to be here because I don't need the money. Yeah. So I think that was that was part of it to insulate me from being in large work environments if I didn't want to always be there. And I, you know, I was fine to be there when I was young, and then I wanted to step back a bit, you know, when I had kids. But I still had the thought, you know, I don't, I, just, I don't want this until I'm 65 or 70 or whatever retirement age is going to be by the time I get. I, just, I don't want this. I kind of want to live my life differently. Maybe 
just hanging out with me and Tom and the kids and that's it. Not a whole group of many people. People that you're not actually choosing to be with. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I, you know, friendly, I'm a friendly person. I can get along with a lot of people. But sometimes that actually takes energy from me to do that because I'd rather sit with my face in a book. You know, but I, but I still enjoy conversing with people and interacting with them and spending time. I still enjoy that. And I, I like it more when it's in the, those smaller groups or one-on-one. That, that's kind of where I feel like I get to keep a lot of my energy and then exchange it with the people that I'm talking with. But when it comes to large groups, I can find it really draining and tough sometimes, and, you know. It can be when you're dealing with different energies to yourself too because some people do take energy from others and they're not conscious of it. And other people have those really big energies and big personalities Mm. that fill a room, which can be great, but is not your thing. No, it can crowd me out and I can go into, in a weird way, protective mode, especially when I'm around really loud extroverts and I've had friends like they're not you know I've I've had friends who are really loud extroverts and even then I kind of in a weird way feel like I have to I need to protect myself here because you can be put on the spot Mm. with you know so someone who you know for me being an introvert I don't always want to be put on the spot I don't want to always be center of attention and sometimes the extrovert loud ones they can kind of spring it on you so there was always a for me a little bit of a draining thing where I've always felt a little bit on guard with a lot of people protect myself here I'm just going to change it you know you watch what you say a little bit you're just very aware you know that you're very aware that you're not trying to bring the attention on you in any way around that sort of environment so having uh, different money choices has given you really that opportunity to create the life that you want and interact how you want yeah. with the people that you want to, which I hear from a lot of introverts. Yeah. Now, I would call myself an introvert also, but some people, I think there's different degrees of it. Yeah. And I have one friend who really does monitor how long she spends with people and how many people at a time and it is it can be quite a struggle for her you know socially so if we have a coffee even though we're both introverts she still kind of has a time limit on it which I respect because she needs to go home and really rest after that but she said to me I think you're one of the only people I can be around and I go home and I'm not exhausted because I'm not taking from her and that is a lot of the time how people are interacting yes because unconsciously people are wanting validation from somebody else through conversation you know especially like in gossip and things like those kind of um out of balance kind of conversations can be very draining on introverts so i i understand what you're saying with that so Mm. having this money freedom it's really um helped you a lot with that 
it's just given me so many choices, you know. Um, and really, that's all I ever wanted from it was just choices. I didn't want the fancy stuff that can come along with money. I didn't. I like some of the fancy stuff. It's nice to have a nice house and a nice car and you know stuff that's things like that. But you know, I don't. They're not extravagant. You know, my house, my car. That's it's not extravagant. My clothes aren't extravagant. Like I don't need, and I don't necessarily want all the fancy bling that money can buy. I just wanted the choices um, and the capacity to be able to be flexible with however I try to craft and mould the lifestyle that I want because that's going to change. You know, it's our lifestyle was different when it was just me and Tom and we were working. We both knew we wanted a certain lot sort of a, you know, the way we were going to live when kids came along. Um, we know what sort of lifestyle we want as the kids grow up and ha as they move away and as me and, and Tom grow older. Like, we, I know all that. I've, had, I've known all this since forever, I, you know, because I think mainly because it freaked me out to be so young, coming out of a uni degree, being a new grad, going straight into a corporate role, totally just, it didn't fit at all. I was out of alignment and then freaking out thinking, oh my God, do I need to do this until I'm 65? I can't do this because I really, I'm not having any fun here. So I needed to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And I quickly figured out I need money to do what I want to do and to live how I want to live. Yeah, have that freedom. It is freedom. Mm. It is, but it's it, that's my version of freedom. Someone else's version of freedom might be very, very different because they might actually love their career and they love what they do, and that and through that the earning comes very easily. And so, you know, they might not be as opposed to being stuck, you know, or feeling stuck in a, a job or a career for so long. They might thrive and love it, you know. But that wasn't my experience. It felt very out of alignment with me. I didn't know what I want. I, I really, I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew I needed to get myself into a strong financial position or strong enough at the time to buy me time to figure out, how, you know, how I wanted to live and what I wanted from life. And you did this with two little kids at home. Yes. Living on one wage. Yeah. So well, I was, yeah, the kids at the time, I was early 30s, 31 or 32. The kids were one and three. And so I was at home uh, raising the kids because that was our plan. That was what I always wanted to do. Um, so I was doing that anyway. But because we dropped from two incomes to one, um, for a few years previous, our mortgage repayments had just stalled. They was just stopped. We couldn't really get ahead because we just had the one income and Tom's a tradie and he was a decent enough income because he could work overtime. Um, but it was kind of just enough to, you know, for the daily expenses and the bills and to cover the mortgage and stuff like that. We, we weren't able to get too far ahead. And I kind of 
had a bit of a stuff at moment. It was really weird because it was a sudden moment, like where I just had this feeling, really, really strong feeling. I don't want to. I don't, I don't want a mortgage anymore. And at that stage, we still had one hundred and forty thousand dollars left in mortgage. That was our remaining debt. We'd paid the. You know, we'd been paying the mortgage off for a few years, a handful of years before that. But we were stuck on the last hundred and forty. It was. Just, it had just stagnated there for too long and I was starting to get really uncomfortable. It, it was a feeling, it's like, I'm not, this is not good with me. If it was continuing to go down slowly, it, I probably wouldn't have felt the way I felt, but I felt really frustrated to... That stuck feeling again? Yeah, to see it just yeah. sit there and not move. And so I just said, God, what, what if I could just get rid of it and I didn't want a mortgage anymore? And so I said... I just this is the idea that kind of came to me and I said to Tom you know what do you reckon we just go hard I said I'm going to commit one more year to this mortgage that's it I'm done after this year I'm not going to have another mortgage oh, I'm not going to you know have any more mortgage like one year we go hard and we blast 140 and he, he thought I was mad but he joined and he's like yep cool now, the important thing is we didn't really know how we are going to do this because our household income was nowhere near 140000 He was actually bringing in $1,250 per week net. So that's about, I don't know, 65 or 70 grand net that he was bringing in. So I was wanting to go for blasting a goal, a mortgage goal, double what the household income was. I think everybody's now extremely intrigued and how do you do that because that, that just sounds phenomenal. So I had no clue how I was going to do it and neither did Tom and I was really nervous and excited at the same time and that's when I started to get creative and I go, oh, okay, I've set this now. What the heck am I going to do about it? Like I, this stuff, there's some really big stuff that I need to come up with in order to have this actually if this will work you know um so like i said i i wasn't working i was at home the kids were babies they were one and three and i actually had no intention of going back to work my priority like my priority was to blast the 140 and get rid of that but it was also to stay with those babies i did not want to put them in daycare and go back to work but that's a personal preference and i was very strong a feeling about that as well and so what we started out doing, just to get a big head start on it, is Tom just being a tradie and having his job for years. He had a lot of long service leave that he had access to. So instead instead of kind of taking it as leave, we got it paid out. So we got the cash um, for big cash payout for weeks and weeks and weeks of long service leave that he just had stored up. Um, right at the start, I ended up shifting banks. Um, to get a lower rate and I think we had, yeah, I don't know, there was money involved. The bank gave us back a chunk of money in relation to, I don't know, a, a signing up with a new bank and a getting a lower rate or something like that. So there's all these things involved. So we did that. Tom was able to do overtime where he could. Uh, so he brought the money in. He was the income side of the thing and I was the, I protected it. I protected it as, like he was offence and I was defence. I protected that money as best as I could. So what I did 
in relation to that was um, bills is a massive expense for many household, uh, households. So what I did was try to, um, I would get on the computer and research what are the best ways to reduce the electricity bill and the water bill and the rates bill. And it's pretty hard to reduce your rates bill, like that one's stuck, that standard. But yeah. there are ways that you can reduce your water consumption, your electricity. Um, and uh, do you talk about this in your blog? Do you have uh, yeah, things I've, that... Like yes. articles people can now go and read on oh, your well, website. I, like I have, everyone now wants to know <laughs> what you're talking about. I have started a blog. Actually, yes, I've started a blog. Um, and for everyone, Laura is a writer, so her blog is amazing. So yes, writing's really good too. Yeah, and this is the stuff I'd prefer to do. I think being an introvert, just reading and writing. You know, this is that's, that's kind of my thing. And um, helping so many people at the same time. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. So um, so go to Laura's website and read some of the blog posts too that she's got on all these subjects. So we'll put the website link in the show notes at the end and you can go and have a read. So yeah, I just wanted to let everybody know that they can follow up with you. Yes. Yes, okay. I have a website. And, Great. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry I interrupted. <laughs> no, it's okay. So, um, yeah, like part of my role in protecting as best I could the income that was coming in and just really researching and learning all the different ways that I could stretch this money out, um, food and groceries and cooking and feeding the family was another thing. Um you know, that I really learnt what to do there to cut costs and to save money. And um, so essentially what my pro, I, I didn't really have a budget. I'm not like a tech nerd. Spreadsheets aren't really my thing. Um, so, I, I mean, I get how they're really awesome tools for pe other people, but I, I just kept it so simple for me. So what would come in, Tom would uh, get in 1250 Straight away, the minute that paid hit the account, I would transfer 1000 off the mortgage, which forced us. Now, this is extreme. I understand this is full on, very extreme, but this was our choice for 12 months to, to do this. That would force us to live on $250 a week. So $250 a week had to cover, and this goes back to my uni days because I was living on it was very basic living conditions. I was, so same thing like being a student uh minimal amount of money would go towards we would always cover bills i never got behind in bills feeding the family and food and well the mortgage so, so that was covered and then fuel and transport so apart from me putting that chunk of money on the mortgage the rest of the 250 uh 250 per week would cover bill, any bills and insurances fuel for the car and um, food to feed the family. So very simple living. Very, very simple living. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't always able to stay in that boundary because, uh, but that's kind of was the rough. You know, if I needed more money one one week to pay a bill, then less money would go to the mortgage. Yeah. You know, I might pay eight hundred or nine hundred. I'd drop it. You know, I I made it so that I wasn't stressed out with not being able to pay bills and not being able to feed the family. they Those things were just nailed down into a really efficient way of doing it, but it wasn't, we were never 
denied, you know, mm. we ate, we still ate well and, you know, I just figured out ways to cut the costs in those areas so that we could fit it into, you know, that kind of structure for that amount of time. And I think the other thing too, what made me and Tom committed to doing it and what was getting us through is that we knew this wasn't long-term. We committed to it for 12 months. We were going to give the best shot we could for only 12 months. And then wherever we landed after 12 months, my hope and dream was we'd nail it and get get all of it shifted, the whole port 140 done. But wherever we landed at the end of that 12 months, you know, at that point we were going to ease off and then, you know, it, it, this level of, what do you call it, extreme um, debt reduction was we had committed to 12 months only. And you were both on board. And we are both on board. Yeah. Really Tom, important. I think, out of curiosity, it's like, can okay. she do this? <laughs> yeah. And me with a really, really strong feeling um, of, in the back of my mind, wanting to give me and Tom and the boys the um, options and flexibility in lifestyle because I knew... I knew if I wanted to stay, be, at, be in a position where I could stay at home with the kids for any length of time, if I wasn't paying a mortgage, what level of stress does that release? If I'm, if, if, if that's your choice, yeah, if that's yeah. what you're wanting to do, absolutely. Yeah. And you're not feeling stressed about leaving them. Yeah. Or, on the other hand, maybe not earning the money. Yeah. And feeling like you needed to contribute in that way too. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that come into play with those decisions, isn't there? Well, and I think the way that I felt like I was contributing because I knew I wasn't actually going out to work and bringing in the income and earning. The way I felt, because there was guilt there in a weird way, there was guilt for not earning because previous to having kids, I was earning and we, we we were two incomes. But I also do believe that had I put my kids in daycare and I went out, there would have been guilt there anyway. I yeah. think a lot of women are faced with that. It feels like whatever they do, they can't win that, you know. But if we just shift perspective with that and just go, well, look, we all you can do is do what suits the family unit and everyone just do what, what your family needs. And, you know, there's no right or wrong way. Different things for different people. Yeah, you really got to just do whatever is alignment with your own family unit and what was in alignment for us was for me to stay at home with the kids that's what I had always wanted way before kids that's what Tom had wanted that's that's what we wanted so there was no chance I was going to go out and start working and we would have like in the traditional way that yeah. I knew how um you know and in a place where all my experience was so I was never going to do that so the way I felt I could contribute was to defend and protect the money coming in as best I could. And you did a great job. Yeah. I haven't done it like that since. Honestly, <laughs> that, was, that too. was 2012. Yeah. I haven't done it like that since. And I won't because I don't need to. And I don't necessarily want to again. But, my God, it was it was incredible. It must have been liberating. It, it, it was because I think I did, we didn't realise what we could do until we've done it. And because at the end of the year, where we ended up landing was, I don't know, we, we ended up paying about 85, I can't remember now, 85,000 off the mortgage in one year. And remember, he only brought in, I don't know, anywhere between 65 and 70 net 
and we ended up paying about 85 off the mortgage. Is that because you were reducing interest yes. as well while you were paying it off? Is that how yeah. that worked? Well, and, but that was actually plus the interest. There's about five grand there in interest. Actually, oh, and you were saying yeah. you had those extra pieces of income like Tom's yes. long service and yes. switching bank yes. pieces as well. Okay. Well, he, he actually also cashed in annual leave. So he had long service leave, he cashed in. He had annual leave, he cashed in. There's big chunks that we can yeah. inject straight away. And, you st and the minute you do big chunks, you're dropping the interest. Um, what A tax return, we got a big tax return in the middle of the year. That went straight on there as well. Yeah. Um, so they were the big chunks. but uh, So there was big things and little things that we did together to get to, to do this. So if you say people are looking at reducing their mortgage and putting most of their money in but they're not getting those big chunks yeah. coming in, it's still worth it? Oh, still, yeah. Still would reduce the mortgage significantly, do you think, rather than yeah. just doing the bare Small amounts are still beautiful. Yep. All, all of it is. Any yeah. any small extra bits? Do you any, think? any, 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 any. Well, I know people that just round their accounts. You know, they've got multiple accounts and they might, you know, transfer a chunk to the mortgage, but then they round up. You know, if their minimum payment is like, I don't know, 283, I don't know, whatever, a minimum payment, round it up, round up to 300. Yeah, like that little random. bit. A few coffees worth. Of yeah, I mean that makes a difference. Yeah, it'll everything does. Every every single thing does make a difference, and it doesn't matter how small it is. Small is still amazingly beautiful. It'll still get you there. I have made little decisions over the years with money. Like years ago, I used to always buy paper on a Sunday, and then I thought if I didn't spend the money on the paper each week then there would be that much extra money in the year yeah so it, it can be changing little spending habits like that too it plus can. i was also not wanting to contribute to yeah the environmental impact also so yeah. there's a couple you know there's a couple of things in it but we can change the way that we spend too yeah we can and i mean i know there's a lot of people out there who talk about you know give up your latte habit and you know people might buy a coffee every day and so there's 20 bucks or 25 bucks at the end of the week but you know you can't you don't have to give up everything no no i mean i was hardcore that year so i wasn't buying coffees however you know if you can't give it up everything that makes you feel good there's got to be a balance there's got to be an alignment and if there's if there's some things that you're willing to give up then and they're costing you a little bit of money now. Just do it. But if there's, if you've got non-negotiable things, that doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I mean, yes, I believe it all adds up. It's buying a coffee every day, it will all add up. But if that's your thing, and if that's you know, and you're actually foregoing on, you know, upgrading your car or buying new clothes every month, or I don't know whatever else you spend your money on, if you if you're actually not doing that stuff, but it's the coffee that you love. Yeah, go for it. It's still it's fine, but if you if you can cut it, then that's cool too. Just whatever feels in alignment with you is what yeah. you're saying. 
yeah, whatever feels in alignment with you. If you feel like it's too drastic of a sacrifice, enough to make you not want to stick with it and just pack it all in, that that's not worth it. Okay. If if you need a coffee or want just want a coffee, yeah. Uh, look, I'm not being fully deprived here. I've still got my chai latte every every day, <laughs> which is nice too. <laughs> yeah. This isn't all that bad. Yeah. You just go for that. It's it's fine. Um, I know people who work with sanity money, so they might say, okay, I don't know, every payday they take out 20 bucks or 50 bucks, some 100, I don't know, whatever, whatever you're in alignment with once again, and you work out of your sanity. They call it sanity money. You can call it you know, whatever name you vibe with. But sanity money, which means the, the rest of your money that comes in is used for, you know, your mortgage and... The, your daily expenses and your school fees and your bills and whatever else, but your sanity money, that's your money. You just yeah. buy whatever you want. If you want to go buy magazines, trashy mags or books or, you know, your chai latte or some clothes or if you want to save it. And little, yeah, a little bit of me money. Yeah. Yeah. So that amount of money, there's no judgment. Just spend it. If you, if you want to spend it on stuff and it keeps you sane, that's fine. There's no judgment. So... There's, there's no right or wrong with this. Like, you know, people sort of bark at you about what to spend your money on and what not to. Like, I don't... Really... It is a judgment, isn't it? Yeah. 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 What is viable and what isn't, yeah. what you should and shouldn't. It's really individual. It is individual. And you can you can choose. There's your conscious spending and your conscious choices. So in our next episode... We are, because we're going to be having four conversations, four conscious conversations around money, and we are going to talk about the energy of money, confidence, empowerment, and beliefs. So that's going to be in our next episode. Thank you for connecting. To open and explore the gateway to your healing path to kindness, visit inkindnessalways.com.